At one point, when I hit that uh, 1993 Chevy Blazer, mm -hmm. bro, I'm talking about it was so hot in that truck. Like when you talk, I'm talking about in the wintertime, the summertime, whatever, he's just let heat out the engine. Yeah. And I remember being in that truck, and I remember having Camille in there, and I remember putting a hand on the steering wheel. And I remember saying, like, man, how does brand new Cadillac Escalade feel? Mm. I remember looking at her, bro, wow. and just like, like literally putting her hand on the steering wheel and saying, man, how does Cadillac Escalade feel? I remember her putting her hands on there and playing along with me. Mm. She could have shot me down like, boy, this ain't no Cadillac Escalade. Right. You got a 1993 Chevy Blazer with a hole in the bottom. You used to see the street. <laughs> nah. She put her hand on the steering wheel, though. Mm. Are you ready? We're going to run the... Yeah, like, let's Do you go. know what it's like to come for nothing at all? But every day you just wanting it all. Do you know what it's like? Every day facing your fear, but believing that your blessing is near. Do you know what it's like? Growing up broken than most, but still being devoted the most. Do you know what it's like? Yeah, that's what the journey's about. Yeah, let me show you. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin Owens, your host. This is the Run a Play Show, where I help break down the top plays of success from top leaders, entrepreneurs, and personalities from sharing their gems. From their personal playbook. And I'm excited today. I got my brother in the studio. He's in the locker room. And uh, he's known as the 9 to 5 millionaire. Former police officer turned real estate mogul. My guy. <laughs> Mr. Jamal King. How you doing, brother? What's up, bro? Hey, man. Everything's good, man. Welcome to the locker room, man. Appreciate hey, man. you coming through. Hey, I'm happy to be here, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Glad Gotta to be glad. careful, though. Last time I've been in the locker room, I was playing ball, dog. <laughs> last, last time. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Listen, I, I got I to gotta ask you because, you know, you think about the name nine to five millionaire. Yeah. You know, for most people that doesn't even make sense because right. most people are trying to leave their job to become a millionaire. Right, right. You were able to stay on your job, become a millionaire at your job. So can you talk to me about that process? And we'll, we'll dive into the, the actual process of it. But like, yeah. how do you stay humble working at a job that you're actually making more money outside of the job? Yeah. But still work there, do your job every single day, have the right integrity and all that kind of stuff. Can you yeah. tell us about that? Bro, I think, first off, the name 9 to 5 million. Because mm. everybody always asks me, like, where you get that name from? Yeah. Let me tell you, man. CJ. Oh, yeah? Right? No, seriously. Yeah, we got to get him on the show. Uh, you bro, know what I'm saying? We, oh, we got to get CJ on the show. <laughs> we got to Bro, CJ actually um, dubbed me the 9 to 5 million, bro. Wow. Because, you know, he was meeting me at conferences all the time, yeah. right? I'm a police officer. And I would always get the VIP seats. Yeah. Every time I see Eric Thomas speak, I'd be mm -hmm. a VIP front row, and I start bringing other VIP uh, people with me, and we used to have the front row just, you know, blast it out. And um, one time they had a conference in Miami, mm -hmm. and uh, everybody came to the conference late. Okay. And then CJ was like, "Man, what's going on? Like, where y'all? Like, why everybody late?" And everybody, one person, I think it was his cousin, said, uh, "We was on Jamal, you know, the police officer. We was on his yacht." <laughs> And then C was like, the police officer got a yacht? And then that's when he man, put me to the side. I was like, bro, you got to tell me what's going on. Yeah. And then at that point, that's when I you know, let him know, like, hey, yeah, I'm a police officer, but mm. I'm also a real estate investor. Wow. And then I got out several other businesses also. Mm. And then that's when he was just like, you know, he dug more into the story, got to know me. And then he's like, bro, you the nine to five millionaire. Wow. And that's where that came from. Yeah. But I never thought about, like, in Chicago, man, it's crazy that you get a lot of people that just don't work a nine to five. Yeah. Right. You work your nine to five, then you get up. Most people, they go to their nine to five, and then what they do when they get home? Watch TV and grab. Bro, crack it over the yep. beer, yep. and they just sit back and Chilly, watch TV, yep. and just sit back and get on yep. and say, "Hey, man, I did my eight hours." Yeah. But I always looked at it like, bro, I play football. We're in a locker room right now, yeah, so we know how locker room sure. talk. Yeah. I played football my whole life. Wow. And in football, in college, right? You had an itinerary. 
bro, good is an understatement. Bro. That was great. What you talking about, <laughs> okay, bro? That was great. <laughs> but you got you got an itinerary that you follow, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So it's like, all right, before school start, we have to get up and go to like workout. Yeah. And then once we went to workout, we would go to class. Mm-hmm. And then after we went to class, we would have to go to practice. Yeah. And then after practice, we went to study hall. Then at the study hall, we went to the training table. That's what mm-hmm. we ate. Yeah. And then after that, we would, you know, do our homework. Yeah. And then we would go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. So that kind of got that mindset in me like, you know, you can do more. And it's crazy because you had other people that went to college, right? Mm-hmm. Students, regular students. Yeah. And they would just, you know, just only thing they had to do was just go to class. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of them couldn't even do that. They was yeah. tired going to class. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, I saw how I was able to accomplish so much more by doing multiple things. Mm-hmm. And so I, t- I think I took that same kind of mentality and I took that into my you know, job as being a police officer, yep. right? And two, the thing that kept me humble was the vision that I had for myself. Okay. So even though I was working as a police officer, I had a vision of like, bruh, I want to be a multimillion. I want to live this crazy life. Yeah. And it was that vision. So that vision kept me humble. No matter if I bought one property as a police officer, mm-hmm. no matter if I made an extra two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year as a police, I'm working as a real estate investor, but as a police officer, yeah. I still wasn't nowhere near where I wanted to be in life. That vision was crazy. And so that, vi- that vision still humbles me today wow. because I still haven't reached that level that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. So that's what keeps me humble. That's what keeps me still able to still renovate properties every day, still travel the world speaking, still yeah. become an author, you know, motivational yeah. speaker, yeah. you know, still own my daycare center, still yeah. own my security company. I still yeah. do those things because the vision that I got for myself, the vision I got for myself, Jay, it actually outlasts me. Wow. So I will never reach the pinnacle of my vision because my vision goes generational, bro. Wow. Sheesh. That was a lot in that. So I, I got to ask you, because you, you you said, you know, it was, it was a lot of things in there. One of the things that stood out to me was you said you could make 200000 300000 a year still be working your police police job. So, all right, the average police officer makes what? Um, it depends on what you're talking about. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. I'd have been, I just found out from CJ, the average police officer in Michigan probably makes about $50,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The average police officer in Chicago probably makes somewhat close to 100000 Okay. All right. So you're making almost $100,000 a year. And then on your side business at this time, yeah. you're making two to three times that. Absolutely. Now, most people I know, they already, they already got a plan in their head. I'm quitting. They probably going to shoot a little video. Now, they want to they just go off. And you were, you didn't do that for how many years? How many years did it take you to leave? But it, it wasn't about taking me to leave. Huh. I could have left my job within the first five years of working it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was netting. So when I first started working at the police department, I was making $36,000 a year. Right? Within five years, I was making over $17,000 net a month from my real estate portfolio. So I could have left, but... Bro, I look at it like, so you're, you're a millionaire now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Every millionaire has at least how many streams of income? I, right now, I probably have like six, mm-hmm. almost seven. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So most millionaires have seven streams of income. Mm-hmm. One of those streams of income is earned income. Yep. That's what you get from your nine to five. Yep. You know, so I had rental income, yep. right? I had business income. Mm-hmm. Why get rid of my, my, my earned income? Hmm. It's like, dog, that's still part of the seven streams of income. Yeah. So I never felt like I had to leave my nine to five. And I think that's what people make mistakes. You get a little success outside of your nine to five, and then you're like, okay, let me quit. Right. But what you've done is you got your nine to five, right? That's step one. Mm-hmm. You went and started a business, step two. You invest in real estate, step three. Mm-hmm. You get rid of your nine to five. Now you're back a step. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to progress. Yeah. I got children. Yeah. I got a spouse. One day I'm going to have grandchildren. Yeah. My nine to five never got in my way. 
And I think that's what a lot of people do. They think that, okay, cool, I got to replace this nine to five with this income that I'm getting outside. But the thing, the reason why I was able to, to grow my portfolio so fast is because my job never got in the way. The job actually helped me to be able to grow. Yeah, that's such an opposite mindset. I, I didn't know I could at least speak for my generation because people don't even want to work a job. <laughs> actually, what I realized, people don't even want to work for themselves. Like, they yeah. just don't want to do nothing. Yeah. But you have been able to, like you said, you started out $36,000 a year. 36000 And then you were making $17,000 a month. So let's, can we, can we go back a little bit? If I'm a person like, all right, man, I'm making $50,000 a year. I don't have no money to invest. Yeah. How did you find the money making $36,000 a year to even invest? Yeah, see, a lot of people, man, I think that they have this misconception that if a property costs $150,000, mm-hmm. I got to come up with $150,000. Right. That's what keep people on the sideline, yep. right? Yep. I'm going to use football terms. That mm-hmm. keep people on the sideline, and they never get in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's a lack of knowledge. It's not that you don't have the money. You got a lack of, lack of knowledge, and you don't have the information. Yep. You don't need to come up with the whole amount. Okay. You know, it's lenders back when 20 years ago when I first got started. Hard money lenders. You know, when I first heard that term, I was nervous. I was like, what's a hard money lender? <laughs> sound like a loan shark. Bruh, it sound like it sound like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like somebody break your kneecaps mm-hmm. if you don't pay right. for their money. Yeah. And it's hard money lenders out here, bruh, and they lend money to to deals that your traditional banks won't loan money to. Okay. Right? Traditional banks, they want you to have a property that's already fixed up. Yep. It's already, you know, it's got a certain amount of equity in the property, mm-hmm. you know, because they have that on their books. But hard money lenders, they they give you the money for the deals that the regular banks don't want. Okay. And so and they only require, at the time, it was 10%. 10% down. So if a property costs $150,000, if that's the purchase and the renovation cost, they only going to want you to put down $15,000, 10% of that. Wow. And so when I first got started, bro, I didn't have much money, right? Yeah. I was you know, a police officer, mm-hmm. only making $36,000 a year. I went, man, um, the police department give you a uniform allowance, mm-hmm. right? That's when you first get started. That's to buy your uniforms, to yep. buy your gun. Yep. They give you um, for your vest and things like that. Yep. My brother was a cop. My father was a cop. My mother was a cop at the time. Mm-hmm. I would go to them, and um, I took a vest from my brother, mm-hmm. and so I was able to save that money. You oh, know, wow. I went to my dad. My dad gave me a gun, so mm-hmm. I was able to take that gun now, and that saved money. And I took that money and used that as part of my down payment. And plus, my I got to tell my fiance at the time, Camille, mm-hmm. you know, she was working the Enterprise <laughs> Rental Car. There we go. And yeah, yeah. I got to okay. throw Camille because I know she's going to look at this and she's going to yeah. say, oh, come on now. Tell the truth to shame the devil. The exactly. <laughs> and so she was um, She was actually, it's crazy, bro. She was actually making more money than I was. She was working the Enterprise Rental Car and she was making more money than me. I was making 36000 She was making like 48000 wow. as a manager at Enterprise Rental Car. And she would give me one of her checks to invest also. And so wow. that's how we got our down payment on our first property. Mm. Crazy part about it is, Jay, our first property, right, mm-hmm. cost $125,000. That's the purchase price. And then it was a $25,000 renovation fee also, okay. right? That's yeah. what it cost to renovate the property. Yeah, so $150,000. So $150,000. Yeah. That property had a ARV. The value of that building was $250,000. So instantly, we had $100,000 of equity in that property. And so now, even though I was making $36,000 a year, that equity went towards my net worth, right? Mm-hmm. So for my first property now, my net worth now, I had $100,000 from the equity of that property that went towards my net worth. Wow. So I was 22 years old. And the crazy thing is, bro, if you just think about it, the average net worth, the average, the average net worth of a black family, not a black individual, mm-hmm. a black family is $24,000. So for my first deal now, I just literally took us out of that statistic. Yeah. Quadrupled it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so and that's in today. That's that I think that report just came out in 2022. 
This was back in 2020, excuse me, 2000, that I bought my first building. And so, and then this building was able to net us. After I paid the mortgage, we had tenants in there. It was a four-unit building. He had four apartments. We were able to take um, one mortgage, one apartment covered the mortgage to that property. Yep. And so we were able to net $3,000 from that building. And so now here it is. I'm making um, $1,200 every two weeks, mm -hmm. right, from the police department. But yet, I'm making $3,000 a month net cash flow from having this one rental property. That was my first property ever. And I still got it to this day. Wow. Okay, let me ask you this. So, are right, you making three thousand a month net cash? Net. Do you now take that money and say, okay, this is like spending money. Like we can, we can travel. We can do some stuff off this. Or is this like, all right, we put this in the bank. We not looking at. No, nah, bro. I was still, man. I was still humble. We go back to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. I was still driving a nineteen ninety three Chevy Blazer. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have went and bought any car I wanted to. Yeah. You know, could have traveled anywhere, but it was like, no, you take this money now. And you save it for another down payment. Just think about it. You're working every single day. Bro. I'm talking about, I used to getting my second month on the job, I got into a shooting, right? And I'm just saying, I got into a shooting my second month on the job. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I can't, what if my life, what if something happened to me? Yeah. So I think that's what it goes back to people just looking for instant gratification. Yeah. I was looking for legacy. So I'm like, if something happened to me again, mm -hmm. if anything ever happened, well, there's a chance I might lose my life. Mm -hmm. why, why would I take this $3,000 I'm making and go spend it on liabilities? No, I need to do this again. So if anything ever happened to me now, my family will at least be able to still survive. Yeah. My wife will be able to now still at least take, be able to take care of the house note, yeah. take care of the car note. So I tell people when they're doing a real estate, bro, have a purpose for every property you purchase. So when I bought real estate, bro, I wasn't buying properties. I was buying purposes. I was fulfilling wow. the purpose with every single purchase that I did. And I still do that today. I don't buy real estate unless I have a purpose to why I'm doing it. And I think that's the purpose is what drove me yeah. to amass the properties that I have amassed. The purpose is what drove me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to have a building for every bill that I have. So I literally would identify a property and the amount of money that came from that property went towards, uh, it went towards a bill in my life. So how much... Will it cost to send your kids to to, to private school? Yep. All right, that cost is $3,000 a month. All right, I need to find a building. Or how many buildings would it take to fulfill that purpose? Hmm. And so that's how I created it, bro. So for me, it wasn't about, all right, let me go get a Rolex. Let me mm -hmm. go get a car. Let me go. Yep. No, nah, it was about how could I create a lasting legacy? Yeah. And I, I think like that. that's, yeah, and that's where, yeah. you know, that's how it all got started. Yeah. So I heard a couple things in there. Number one, you got to find you a good woman. You know what I'm saying? A great woman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you get the, some some women are assets, some are yeah. liabilities. Oh, you facts. know what I'm saying? And uh, I've noticed in today's world, some people don't know the difference. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like some people add to you, some people take away. And exactly. Some people over here, even in relationships, they buy liabilities. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But you're able to find an asset. But just and, somebody that believes in your dreams, bro. Yeah, yeah and that's you know the asset, you know, because yeah. it's actually little, but it's a big deal because the opposite is when you got somebody that don't believe in you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's almost like sleeping with the enemy. Bro, and I'm talking about, like, believing your dreams. Like, I'm not just talking about regular believing your dreams, right? Regular believing your dreams is just you going to your woman and you just saying, like, you know, hey, baby, I'm thinking about doing this. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, cool, yep, yeah. all right. You know, not getting in your way, right? Yeah. Some people think that believing in your dreams is having a woman that don't get in your way. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about believing in your dreams, bro. I'm talking about, like, I used to literally, bro, at one point when I hit that uh, 1993 Chevy Blazer, mm -hmm. bro, I'm talking about it was so hot in that truck. Like, when you talk, I'm talking about in the wintertime, the summertime, whatever, you just let heat out the engine. Yeah. And I remember being in that truck. And I remember having Camille in there, and I remember putting a hand on the steering wheel. And I remember saying, like, man, how does brand new Cadillac Escalade feel? Mm. I remember looking at her, bro, wow. and just, like, like, literally putting a hand on the steering wheel. 
and saying, man, how the Cadillac Escalade feel? I remember her putting her hands on that plan along with me. Mm. She could have shot me down like, boy, this ain't no Cadillac Escalade. Right. You got a 1993 Chevy Blazer with a hole in the bottom. You used to see the street. <laughs> nah. She put her hand on the steering wheel, though. Mm. She was like, man, it's nice. Sheesh. I remember the times that we went to properties. You've been over my house. Yeah, for sure. I remember we went into that neighborhood. When we didn't, we was in my parents' basement. We was in my parents' basement, bruh. I remember going into that neighborhood. And I remember walking down the street, parking that same truck, walking down the street to pass those same houses, them same mansions. Mm. And I remember telling her, like, man, like, how does it feel? Like, we're going to one day walk down the street together. Yeah. And it's going to be our house. We're not going to no more look at these houses and say, one day, one day, we're going to live in these houses and somebody else going to walk past these houses and see us on these house, in these houses, on the porch of these houses. Mm. I remember, bro, I remember that. And she would That's walk powerful. down the street with me. Mm. We didn't even have a house, dog. Mm. And so I think that sometimes a lot of, and I, I see it a lot of times in relationships, a lot of women, you're you too quick to, to judge a man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're too mm -hmm. quick. As opposed to what she was doing, dog, was building my confidence up, I think. Yeah. You know, she was allowing me to dream. Mm -hmm. She was allowing me to dream, allowing me to, to live in my vision that I had for us as a family. Yep. You know, it's crazy, bro. This just happened yesterday. She played some tapes for me back when we was in college. Now, when I was in college, she was in high school. Uh, she played a tape, and I got it, man. Bro, I'm going to let you listen to it. She literally, bro, I used to, we didn't have cell phones back then, mm -hmm. right? We didn't have, um, you know, like voice messages and things yep. like that. I would, I would, I would record it, you know, tape decks, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of yeah. younger. It used to be a thing called yeah. a tape deck. Yeah. And then you have like a Sony radio and you'd have to push, push the, record yeah, and play yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And then put like the little tape over the little edges. Oh, bro, come on. Yeah. So you can record it. Yeah. And I recorded on one tape. I was in college. I was a freshman in college. She was a senior in high school and she had just graduated. She graduated from high school at 16 years old, right? Mm. Graduated from college at 19 years old. Wow. And yeah, bro. Smart. <laughs> and she was manager enterprise runner for Kai 19, making more money than me. But she was um just graduated from high school mm. and I recorded a tape, right? And I mailed it back home to her in Chicago when I was playing college football. Mm -hmm. And on this tape, she just played it for me yesterday. Wow. And on this tape, I was just saying, like, you know, how much I loved her, how much, you know, I love our family. I was yeah. always like speaking in the future, right? Mm -hmm. That's me. I was always speaking in the future. On this tape, I named, I said, I was talking to my future children. I was 18 years old or 17, talking to my future children. And I named my children. I named three kids. I named two girls and one boy. And I said, your mother just graduated from high school. I'm in college right now playing football. Wow. Like we are doing what we're supposed to do to get you guys ready for your life. Mm. I named each one of my children, the same three children that I got right now, bro. I named it all. I said it all, but I spoke it. And... She's always like, like, became a part of, bought into the vision, no matter what the vision was, mm -hmm. no matter what the vision. And I think some of these listeners that's out here, man, that's listening, bro, you know, especially if you're a woman, and not just women, because women got visions too, and yeah, males, sure. you should support that yeah, and get absolutely. it. It's a difference from just saying, oh, baby, yeah, I'm, I'm, you can do it, to actually getting in the vision yeah which a which a which a man yeah she's going along with the, the dream building yeah which i haven't actually never that that's that's deep because a lot of times you hear people doing that individually and nobody yeah. else really you know playing part in it so that's it's necessary that's though if you the two shall become one if you are really one bro if you really gonna do this thing you got to understand that that person is 50 percent. that person is the other half it doesn't work or it doesn't work as well if only one half 
You know, if one half is doing it, you know, you both have to be create the vision and make it plain so that those who read it may run with yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Let me. OK, so I got to ask you, though, because there is another side of that, because there are some people that I've seen date people that are like I call them like projects, you know, like they. You know what I'm saying? Like people that's rapping, you know, they they go out to their forties. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like at what yeah. point say going to forty? <laughs> and I, you do that. The thing is, it's not that you can't make it at forty, but it's like at what point does a person say, okay, I do believe? Because there are some people I know that really yeah. believe in the person, but it's like okay, but that it, like how do you know when it's the right person? You know what I mean? Like how do I don't know if I'm believing in the right person or not. How do you know if you're believing in the right person? <laughs> yeah, like like if I'm if I'm all right, I've been dating this guy or this lady five years, yeah. ten years, and it's like, okay, they wanna be a, a, a rapper and it's like mm -hmm. it just ain't happening. Like yeah. how do you know it's like, all right, you know, maybe I need to point you in a different direction? I, I mean, dog, bro, the thing about it is is that, you know, if you look at Colonel Sanders, mm -hmm. he didn't create Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was like sixty five years old. Thanks. I mean, just because time you know, just because time goes by doesn't mean that it's not going to be fulfilled. There's something happening in the process yeah. of that time. Yeah. I mean, Jamal didn't come to 9 to 5 millionaire for about 20 years. Yeah, that's real. You know, the same Jamal yeah. you see out here today wasn't the Jamal, you know, 22 years ago, 23 years ago. Yep. It's a process. Yeah. Even when you marry somebody, it's a process. That's a fact. It says what? The two shall become one. Yeah. So how long is that shell? Yeah. How long is that process? Mm -hmm. So do you just say, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, it ain't happening fast enough, so I'm gonna just jump ship? Yeah. I think that's where you come in at, and you help that person become. And I think a lot of times, bro, we 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 quick to just jump ship without helping that person realize the person that they're gonna become. Mm -hmm. It's all a process. Yeah. And I think, bro, that's what people. I think people need to work more on their endurance. You know, in, on your endurance because people get tired, bro. Yeah. They get tired. You get tired in your relationship, so you leave it. You get tired in your in your workout. You yeah. get tired, dog. It's you get working. tired. Yeah. The diet ain't happening fast enough for you. So mm -hmm. what you do, you leave it. Yeah. You get tired in your friendships, mm -hmm. so you quick to jump ship. Yep. You get tired in your business. So you, bro, I know people that got in the properties and, and they renovating the property. The property got over 200000 in equity. Mm -hmm. And they frustrated because maybe... You know, the property's supposed to be finished in four months, but now it's six months. Yep. But yet, you've been working a job every single day mm -hmm. for the last 20 years, only making $50,000. But you got $200,000 right here, but you got tired. There's nothing wrong with the property. There's nothing wrong with that person. The thing that's wrong is your endurance. You don't have the type of endurance, bro, that, that understands that, that, that in the end, you know, in the end, there's a prize. Yeah. You know, but... It and I always tell people, like, your entrepreneurship, because you're right on point, it's like the only way you win is if you see it through to the end. Because I literally, I thought about this. I was like, all right, some people in entrepreneurship can be like people in college. Now, I didn't go to college. I know you did. We just talked about this. But, like, there are people that go to college for four years, and every year they change their major. Yeah. Right? So it's like, oh, I thought I wanted to do this, now I want to do this, now I want to do that. So now you could be in college for four years but still have no degree. Yeah. It's not because the time didn't go the way it was supposed to go. It's because in that time, in that time. you was all over the place. Yeah. And it's people that do that in entrepreneurship. One year, they're doing real estate. Yeah. Next year, they're doing this. Next right. year, they're doing that. It's like now they be like, oh, I've been an entrepreneur for five years, man. I ain't made no money. Nah, you did entrepreneurship one year at a time, five times. Yeah. And and that's why you that's the, why you're not winning because they don't have like the vision to be able to see it through like you said like that's what you said bro it goes back to the vision yeah yeah it go back the vision will keep you disciplined yeah well I'm big on like okay I didn't used to be big on like speaking your goals I used to th I thought it was like a little 
interesting. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. When I was younger, people were like, oh, just beat your goals, write them down. Mm-hmm. Now I really see the power in it, right? Yeah. Like, cause like you go through the house, like I got goals, pictures everywhere. Um, how has that worked for you? I, and I think specifically, like, cause I know people hear it all the time, but like when times get tough, yeah, and when you can't see it, but now you're still speaking it, like how how, how have you been able to get through points in your life like that? Uh, seriously, bro, I my vision is more real to me than the actual realization of it. Mm. When I see it, yeah, it's done. Now it's just up to me to just bring it forth so y'all can see it. Yeah, but I can't really tell the difference between you know the vision to the actual realization. Yeah, bro, I give you an example. Even with my son. Yeah. With my son, yeah. I know you probably heard that story mm-hmm. before. That's probably not sure. Yeah. yeah, but you know, um, we had two daughters already, right? Mm-hmm. I've always wanted a son. Yeah. And then here it is, bro. We were trying to conceive, man, for for seven years. And I remember in the beginning, bro, we had uh, friends and family members, and they were all like, you know, they were in there with us, right? They yeah. were pushing us on, and oh mm-hmm. man, y'all gonna have a boy, yeah. man. Y'all, man, we believe in <laughs> y'all gonna. And then all of a sudden, bro, like two years went by, and we still wasn't able to conceive just a child. Period. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it got to some of those friends and family members start falling off, you know, the ones that was cheering us on. And then some of those same voices went towards like, uh, you know, maybe y'all should just be happy with the two kids you got. Mm. Boom. Five years go by. Still nothing. Still believing, though. Still holding on to that vision. Mm. And then all of a sudden, now nah, Camille, right? Camille, the one who was, it was just me and her at this point. Mm-hmm. We we together, we just drowned out the noise, yeah. and we still holding on to the vision of our son, right? I mean, we used to have, you know, talk to each other. Same yeah. way we did with the car, yeah. put your hand on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. I was doing that with my son. <laughs> I was doing that with my son. Yeah. I was putting my hand on her stomach. Wow. And I was just saying, like, man, little Jay, little Jay, man, we, we can't wait for you to get here. I would talk to my wife's stomach before she was pregnant. Wow. But it was the vision that kept me going, though. Remember, I made her a tape. Yeah. I made her a tape back when I was 17 years old. And I was telling you, I was saying, I was talking to my son. So I made him real. I used to tell my wife, so then, let me get to the point. So then all of a sudden, my wife, it became six years. And then while we were still going around and talking to everybody like, you know, hey, we're going to have a son, we're going to have a son. And we've drawn out, drawn out the noise from everybody saying, hey, y'all should just be happy with what you got. Yeah. My wife one time turned around and was just like, maybe they're right. Mm. It's been it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. I'm now. tired. I'm tired. I'm ready to I'm ready to get on with my life and just uh, you know I mean my wife was full go with me full yeah. go. Then she just kind of was like, you know, let's just stop actively trying and just if it happened, it happened. And I was just like, I can't go out like that. I was like, look, I'm gonna be strong enough for the both of us. Yeah. I once read that the that the woman was the weaker vessel, not meaning she's weaker than me, but just meaning maybe her endurance is a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody got different endurance. Yeah. Sometimes my wife's endurance is stronger than mine, yeah. depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with them kids. <laughs> my endurance be out. My endurance be done, <laughs> but her endurance keeps going. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. woo. So, you know, my endurance though at this time was, 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 I was ready for this moment. Yeah. And so what I had to do, bro, I went in. I went, bro, I went and got crazy with it. And this is the thing where I talk about where your crazy faith got to come in at. And at this point, we were renovating our house, right? And while we were renovating the house, I went and I put a, I I, I took a room and I made it into my son's room, right? I put his name on the wall. This is after she said. This is after she said she was tired. (laughs) So I got to take it to another level now, right? Because you're tired. And, And now the vision is is not being so clear to you. Yeah. So now let me go ahead and now 
take the vision and start making it to reality. Even if he's not here, you know, let me go ahead and prepare a place for him before he comes. And I think that's the problem with some people in life, mm -hmm. bro. Your thing, your business hasn't came yet because you haven't prepared a place for it yet. Sheesh. You know, that money hasn't came yet because you haven't prepared a place for it. You haven't got things in order. You know, I heard CJ talk about the other day. You got too much clutter around. Mm -hmm. So the vision can't come because your life is all cluttered. Yeah. And so what I had to do, bro, I went ahead, man, I took a bedroom and I went ahead and put his name on the wall, put a Bible scripture there. I got a rocking chair, put it in a corner. And I used to, every single day, I would be in that rocking chair and I would pretend like I'm reading to him, but I had a Bible in my hand. And I would, I would read Bible scriptures, man. Nothing should be impossible until the one who believes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And I used to just rock back and forth, bruh. I remember one time I had, um, it was one Bible scripture that said, when everything was hopeless, Abraham decided to believe anyway. Hmm. Not believing according to what he could, what could or couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. It said that Abraham did not tiptoe around on the promises of God, mm -hmm. but he went head first, full steam ahead. I took that scripture, bro, literally, and I used to, I scratched out the name Abraham, and I put Jamal. Jeez. I scratched out every single disciple's name in the Bible, and I put my name in there. And then so it was saying that, you know, Jamal, you can do all things through Christ who strengthened you. Jamal, nothing should be impossible until you. Wow. It was another bedroom across the hall. I went and knocked that bedroom out, and I put a bathroom in there, and I put a urinal on the wall. At that time, I had two girls. I put a urine on the wall because it was like no retreat, no surrender, bro. I put boy clothes in the closet, went shopping. Put boy clothes in the closet, hung them clothes up. People thought I was crazy, dog. Yeah. People thought, like, literally, Jamal done went mad. He done went crazy. Wow. But, bro, all I had to hang on to was the vision of him. I used to tell my wife, man, I used to tell her, like, the only reason why you are tired right now is because you can't hear his voice. Hmm. You can't hear his voice. Yeah. I was like, he talks to me. Yeah. I was making you tapes about him ever since I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he's literally meets me in my dreams and he talks to me every single night. I said, you can't hear this. And I'm like, he's, he's literally, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't give up. Mm. I told her I can't give up and I won't give up. Mm. And, and she was just like, man, like, baby, like, what if it's a girl? Mm. What if we get pregnant against a girl? I'm like, it's not. I'm like, look, just believe. Wow. I'm like, just believe. <laughs> and I hung on to that vision, man. And the vision became so real. And I promise you, bro, to y'all listening out here, the reason why you're giving up on that business is because your vision has not become real. You have not lived in your business already. Yeah. If you live, whatever it is you create in your mind, if you live in that business, you see yourself in this studio, whatever it is that you're doing. If you see, if you're a rapper, see yourself on the stage. Yeah. Like literally see yourself on the stage, hear the crowd cheering. Mm -hmm. Like hear all of that, bro. See it until you realize that. Mm -hmm. And I did that, man. And I promise you, once I did all of that, once I prepared that place for my son, clothes, diapers, bedroom, crib, urinal, once we did that, bro, literally like two months later, my wife came and was like, man, I'm pregnant. It was on a Saturday morning. Mm. I was out there looking at properties, and I remember she called me and was like, I think you should come home. And I was like, everything all right? And she was like, I think I'm pregnant. Yeah, you get Yeah. And then at that point, now the naysayers came back. The naysayers came back like, 
Uh, it might be a girl. <laughs> your track record ain't that. Your track record ain't yeah. that good. It might be a girl. And um, I was like, no, nah, bro, it's 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 a boy. Yeah. And I promise you, man, when my son was born, I remember, man, it's like it was yesterday. I remember the, uh, you know, my wife had a C-section. The doctors had this, uh, you know, little curtain up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, his godmother delivered him actually. And I remember just like, I gotta see him. I gotta see him. Yeah. I done seen him so many times in my dreams, bro. And I was like, I gotta see him. And I remember they, you know, cut him out and they let me cut the umbilical cord. And I remember they rushed him over to the table to clean him off. And I remember <laughs> my wife, I was holding her hand. I remember letting it go. Like, oh, I was like, man, I'll be right back. Her mama was right there. I was like, I was like, mama, take her, take, take your daughter. Yeah. I ran over there and I remember just looking at him, man. And he looked up at me, and I got a video. It's on video. And I remember he looked up at me, and literally, man, grab. I put my finger out. He grabbed my finger, bro, and just squeezed it. Wow. And that was like his way of like saying, man, thanks for not letting go. Mm. Like, thanks for not letting go. And now, like, literally, he is the same voice. Like, that. Like if you know him, mm. like, he's that same voice like that did. The same exact image and vision that I saw for the last several years He's exactly that, and but 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 it's not just that way, Jay. With 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 with, with my son, yeah. it's like that in everything I do, mm-hmm. even speaking. I used to have dreams, man, of yeah. like before I was speaking. Yeah, I would have dreams of being like, dope. let me first off, I know I speak in front of thousands of people now, mm-hmm. bro. I used to have dreams, man, like really nightmares, cause I was I had like a fear of public speaking. Didn't wow. even know it. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Until <laughs> <laughs> you get in front of people, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, and. Bruh, I used to have dreams all the times of me on the stage in front of like thousands of people. Never, never knew that I would be doing this today. And 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 bro, I think people, man, we really we got away from really, you know, visions. We got yeah. away from that. We we're so much consumed with Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. We don't even have time to think no more and create in our head because we're busy looking at other people Everybody creating. Yep. And I think sometimes you need to just turn off. Turn off the, the 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 phone. Turn off the TV, and just really sit down. Take out a pen and pad, and really just meditate and focus and envision the business that you want to start. Envision the family that you want to have. Envision the type of relationships you want to have. Mm-hmm. Envision the type of body you want to have. Yep. Like we need to get back to like seeing it and writing it down, and then spending every single day realizing that vision. I love that. You you have uh it's five pillars. Yep. Can you can you break down what that is for the audience of like how you built your life, your businesses, stuff like that? Absolutely, bro. Yeah. So, man, these are my five pillars, bro. And I call them pillars because it's the support, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in real estate, yep. and you know, no matter how tall the structure that you build, no matter what kind of structure, every structure has a foundation, and you know, and so you got to look at yourself as a structure. Yeah. Everybody out here, you're a structure. You are literally a structure, and I tell people all the time. The, the, the tallest your structure will go, right? The tallest your structure will go would depend on how strong your foundation can hold it. Mm. All right. Let's teach, man. So, <laughs> so, bro, like, right now we're building a skyscraper, right? Yeah. And this skyscraper, you know, every time we add another floor to the skyscraper, right, there's mm. a calculation Oh, we can't just gloss over that. You heard me, man. We can get back to that, dog. That's all. We can get back to that. But every time, like every time we decide that we want to go up a certain level, mm-hmm. you got to go down a certain level too. Yep. You got to go down a certain level so they can hold the load of everything above that you see. Mm-hmm. 
Right? I, yeah. More people, most when they look at structures, they looking at the paint, they looking at the windows, they looking mm -hmm. at all the amenities. Yep. But you, nobody looks at the foundation. Mm -hmm. Right? Nobody sees the foundation. The foundation is not sexy. Yeah. But it's the most important part of a structure. Yep. It could take months to build a foundation. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I figured that, like, okay, cool. What are the foundational pillars of my life? What holds me up? How far do I want my structure to go? How far do I want my life to go, right? Because your life will only go as far as the foundation can hold it. Mm -hmm. And so with uh, my five pillars, man, you know, the first pillar is faith. Yep. yep. Faith. Heard that. So I'm going to go through each five real quick. So faith, family, finance, fitness, and freedom. Faith, faith. family, finance, fitness, and freedom. So with my faith pillar, it's just like, bro, if you don't have... Like some, so just think about it. Everything that I've done, I've gotten to this place in my life off of my faith, right? Even my son, my son is realized because of my faith. Yep. So every single waking day, I live in each one of my pillars, all five of them, actually. Mm -hmm. Every single day, I don't go to sleep until I have accomplished something in that pillar. Mm -hmm. So when I get up every single morning, I meditate on one scripture. And then when I meditate on that scripture, I send that scripture out to like 14 of my family members and like several of my friends hmm. and then allow them to meditate on it or whatever. This is the one Add scripture. That list, man. I, yeah, I, oh, I got yeah. you, bro. It's like clockwork. I've been doing yeah. this for over 15 years. Wow. Just one scripture. Mm -hmm. Just one. And I committed to memory. I think a lot of times people be reading the Bible and it's, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so begot so-and-so, so-and-so. Yeah. So, and you kind of like, oh, this is, what that got to do with me? Mm -hmm. But I, I might focus on just scriptures of faith for right now, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, you know, scriptures on 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 vision of scriptures on, you know, on Christ, just just different scriptures that help me with my mindset for what I'm going to go through in life. Um, you know, and then and it makes me a better man. Yeah. You know, it just makes me I figure like the way you start your day. Have you ever woke up in the morning? And you turned on like some, you turned on some like rap, some like Tupac or some Biggie, yeah. like, man, I'm ready to die. Yeah. You know, kill, kill, yeah. kill, murder, murder, murder. Yeah. You know, it make yeah. you want to just go out here and just straight knock somebody out. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. that's, you ever put on in the morning some, um, some Chris Brown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some Usher. Make you feel like yeah. you're in love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some chaos. Mm. You know, make you feel like you're in love. Make yeah. you feel like you want to, you yeah. know, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm hmm but you ever put on like some gospel music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just kind of like yeah. soothes your spirit. Yeah. It yeah. kind of make you it's man. Spiritual. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, it's kind of like, it make you just want to just kind of like, man, you just it put you on a place of gratitude in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I like to start my day off like that. Yeah. You know, it just makes me yeah, like right. calm. And then after that, now I go into actually my fitness pillar. Okay. Now I'm not in there listening to the gospel in the fitness yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the gym. <laughs> You know, now it's a time and place for everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so now in the fitness pillar is where it's just like, bro, like every single day I work out. Every day. Every day. And I mean, I'm talking about on a Sunday, like I'm not like hitting weights every single day, but I might do cardio. Yeah. You know, I created this spa in my house where I got a swimming pool, right? Oh, that joint's wild. I got a hot tub in there. Basketball I just, court. Basketball court. I just put a cold plunge tub in there. Bro. Yeah, CJ just bought it for me. Dang. I got a cold plunge tub in there. Shit. And so I got a sauna in there. So I got a massage room in there. So I'm able to, to work on my body, work on my health. What good is it as an entrepreneur, man? You out here making money and you can't live you know, to, to, to realize it and to actually live in the money that you've made. Yeah. 
You know, I see a lot of people, bro. They they think that, um, all right, cool, I make money. I got a, I got a, I got a relationship with my wife, but my body is yeah. is gone. Mm-hmm. They feel like you got to give up something in order to gain everything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't believe that, bro. Mm-hmm. I believe that you should be able to, you know, it should be a balance in your life. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be faith heavy, but not you ain't you're not there with your family. You're not in your family's life. You sitting there and you just like, oh yeah, I love God, I love this, but yet you're not showing love to your family. Yeah. What kind of man is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you sitting back like, oh man, I love God, I love my family, but yet you letting them struggle because mm-hmm. you're not doing what you got to do financially. Yeah. What kind of love is that? Mm-hmm. You know, so I believe in having balance amongst all pillars. Imagine a structure and one pillar is is smaller than the other. Yeah. If eventually your pill your your your, your structure is gonna what? Fall. It's gonna fall over. Yeah. And so I believe that in your life. If no matter if you write financially, mm-hmm. if you write spiritually, mm-hmm. but your health is not right, eventually it's gonna collapse. Yeah. And then now the people that you love so much, the people that you was getting money for, the people that you was doing all this thing praying over, now they gotta be over here changing you. Oh, they got to be over here road pushing you in a wheelchair. Yeah. So how much do you really love them? Mm-hmm. You know, so I believe that every single day, man, we should do things towards our health. And I know people like, man, it ain't enough hours in a day. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Maybe you just need to get up a little bit earlier. That was my, that was my story. I had to wake up earlier. And it was the discipline of it because I really don't like the gym. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we're working on it, guys. We're trying to get the body. Right. You, know <laughs> you got to do it, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, lost, I lost like probably 12 pounds last two weeks. So. Okay. And then the thing about it is that it's like, I like to say it's like compounding interest. Yeah. Right? It's like compounding interest. The more you do it, yeah. you don't so have good. to, you don't have to go in and be a, and invest aggressively. Yeah. Because you've been doing it over time. And then you got compounding interest. The interest starts to make money. You make interest on the interest of the money that you've made. So when you get in the gym every single day, you're compounding your body. Yeah. You're compounding your health. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to be overly aggressive. You don't have to, you know, oh man, I'm oh man, I gotta do 15 miles on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm on this diet. I'm only eating salads. Yeah. You know, those are people that's gotta be because you have set back and and for years yeah. and you haven't done anything. So now you gotta be, be aggressive extreme. with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then um Faith, family, uh, oh, family, my family pillar. Mm-hmm. And so every single day I am doing something towards my family. And it's not just spending time with my family, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not just spending time with them today. I'm spending time with the people that they're going to be one day. I'm investing into their future. So I'm spending time with my children today and I am setting them up. I am aggressively setting them up for the people and the individuals that they're going to be in the future. Okay. All right. Give me something on that. Like, give me an example of that. All right. So my daughters, ever since they was four years old, you know, dad, they want to play tennis. Mm-hmm. I want to be the next Venus and Serena. You yeah. know, my daughters want to play tennis. Then my yeah. daughter actually wrote a letter in school. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know she, my daughter wanted to play tennis since I went to her school. And it was like parents day. And she had a letter up there. And she's like, and my dad is going to take me to play tennis. And I'm going to just like Serena and Venus Williams um, dad did. And, wow. and I was just like, that's how I found out my daughter wants to play tennis. And then at that point, I was like, all right, cool. That's what you want to do? Cool. So then I went, boom, take them to um, private tennis lessons, mm-hmm. right? You know, I built a tennis court outside my house. Yep. You know, I take them to private tennis trainings. I am I am helping them to realize their visions. Yep. And I think a lot of times we miss that as men, women, whoever, parents. Yep. You know, you literally, your children have a vision. Same way how you're looking for your spouse to help you with your vision. Yep. Your children got a vision too. And if they don't have a vision, then you need to help them to create a vision for their life. And then get up every single day and help them 
to, to fulfill the vision they have for their life. Yeah, that's big. Because, you know, I think sometimes can happen, what can happen is like you're so focused on your personal vision. Yeah, for sure. That you're not even thinking about mm -hmm. your kids. Not at all. And sometimes it's the opposite. Where sometimes people gave up on their vision, so now they're trying to force their vision on their kids. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So you, you kind of have, you can have it either way. And I think what you're saying is like, no, nah, you got to stay on your personal one, but you got to help develop, hone, and encourage, invest into your family's vision as well. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the same way I sat with my wife and I was just like, you know, like walked the street of the mansions mm -hmm. and then saying one day we're going to live here and now we actually do have the largest one. Yeah. Same thing you do with your children. Like, man, like what what is it that you see for yourself? Like, yeah. what is it that you want to be? I talk to my children, my daughters about their future husbands. I need to do that. I haven't even broached that. I ain't even opened that conversation. No, nah, why not, bro? Yeah. I want to start, bro. I yeah. pray. I pray, <laughs> bro. Listen, dog. It's yeah. gonna Listen. Yeah. It's why not, bro? I pray for my daughter's future husbands right now. I pray for him right now. I want him to be getting molded just like I'm molding my daughters. Yeah. I want her to find. I want them to find what I found. Yeah. I want to be able to, you know, be able to help them out. And so, yeah, no, bro. You want to start creating a vision right now. Start having your daughter. How old is your daughter? Uh... 11. All right, my son is seven, and he already talks about his wife. And matter of fact, it happens to be CJ's daughter. But, there we go. Oh, no joke, <laughs> bro. They had a ceremony and everything. I'm not even joking. I'm not, and CJ welcomed that one. Oh, yeah, oh, there we for go. For sure. I mean, yeah. no, what, my son is already like his son. Yeah. That is his son. Like, yeah. uh, he calls him Uncle CJ, so that's going to be kind of weird, yeah. you know, yeah. but he calls yeah. him son. I mean, like, he looks at him as a son. Yeah. I look at his daughter as a daughter. Yeah. And so if that actually happened, that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be. But, yeah, why not, bro? Why not help them create the vision? Yeah. I think, bro, I, I'm going to keep saying that. We have to get back to, to, to creating the vision. And I've seen it work in my life. I've seen it work in my businesses. I've seen it work, bro. And it's like, I'm, so I want to put that in my children. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's what we do. And then that freedom pillar, um, that's just, bro, about like, like identifying what does freedom look like for you? You know, I think a lot of times we take on the freedom or the idea of freedom from our jobs. Yeah. When I was a police officer, freedom looked like uh, being off on the weekends. Yeah. Freedom looked like being able to take off. Oh, man, they gave us the day off. Yeah. Freedom looked like being able to leave work early. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was. Freedom, freedom, what does freedom look like to you? And I created this vision a long time ago of freedom looked like traveling the world, bro. Yeah, you travel a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah. lot. We're living in the pillar mm -hmm. of freedom. Mm -hmm. We out the country, bro, taking my kids. You know, I'm always on the planes, bro. I'm like top. Level flying on several different airlines. Yeah. You know, what is that freedom? You're never going to get there unless you first see it and identify it and work towards it. Yeah. It's so interesting because it's like, what I'm hearing from you is like, it's it's a, it's a, a principle that is consistent in every business, every endeavor. But it's also the stuff people don't want to hear. It's like, okay, I want to get a real estate. All right, Jamal, tell me what I need to do. I got to buy the house. I got to do this and I got to do that, which yeah. is important. Right. But it's all this other stuff you're talking about on the back end. Right. That makes all of that work. Is like you said earlier, you got multiple businesses. Right. So what that says is like what you're talking about doesn't just it's, it doesn't just work for real estate. The no. principles that you have. Right. They carry over to every business that you've done at this point. Including your marriage. Yeah. It carries over to everything in life. These are life principles. Real estate is just, you know, it's just a it's another vehicle. Yeah. Right? I talk about vehicles and destinations, right? Mm -hmm. Police department was a vehicle. Yep. Right. To get me to my destination. Mm -hmm. Right. Real estate is a vehicle that I use to get me to my destination. 
daycare centers, the, the, the security company, these are just vehicles to get me to my destination. <clears throat> the vision that we talk about that people don't want to, they, they, they overlook, yeah. that's the destination. Yeah. So what's the use of having vehicles if you have nowhere to take it to? You're not even going to utilize the vehicles in the right way. So you got to literally have the destination first. Mm -hmm. And then the destination is what tells you which vehicles you're going to use to get to that location. Yep. That's why people, bro, 20 years. I've seen, I work with people in the police department, 20 years, bro. Been joy riding through life mm -hmm. for the last 20 years because they have not identified a destination. And that's why they still work. It's been 30 years. They're still on the job. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's powerful, bro. The... The freedom pillar, right? There, there's typically a cost for that. You've shared some of it. I, have you seen that? Like sometimes people are like, okay, I, I gotta do. I want to do this, but like I ain't really. There, maybe they say they want to pay the, the the price, but they really don't. Like, what is that? When you see most people's like, all right, you you gotta pay the price, bro. Like, for freedom. Do you believe that people have to pay a price? You feel like you know, well, I think that is people believe that it's different levels of freedom, right? Yeah. And so, like I told you before, to some people, getting off of work and being able to go home and not do anything and be able to crack it open a beer is freedom. Yeah. Some people believe that's freedom. Mm -hmm. Some people believe that to get in the car and go drive to, you know, Disney World is freedom. And so that is a different level yeah, of freedom. But this is why I always talk about, Jay, your level of exposure will determine your level of success. Your level of exposure will determine your level of success. Mm -hmm. The more exposure you get, you understand that there's different levels of freedom to attain. <clears throat> and so That's the bad. more, yeah, the more I hung around certain people, the more I traveled, the more I, you know, got in certain rooms, yeah. the more I saw like, okay, it's a different level of freedom. And that's why it's so important that you get outside of your surroundings, you get exposed to different yeah. things. Once you get exposed to something, you can't be unexposed to you it. You can't be unexposed, it's, it's, bro. Good or bad. Bro, I remember the first time I, I went, yeah, that's a fact, good or bad. Good or bad. Um, you know, like people say, you know, you should drink, you know, ride in your dream car. Yep. I didn't understand the power in that until I did it. And then, like, like the smell is different. Oh. <laughs> the suspension is different. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no creaks yeah. in it. It's just everything yeah. smooth. And then it's like when you go back into your environment, it's like, nah, this, this ain't it. I can't, I can't stay here. And, and it's like you go from there to like, you know, one thing. I know my mentor had told me one time. He was like, Justin, I want you to go, whatever the most expensive hotel is in Atlanta. I want you to get like a suite. And that was the first time I had did a suite. It was like a thousand dollars. I was like, what? Because I had never spent more than like, maybe two fifty on a room. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I did that suite, and I went back to a regular room after that. I said. Nah, this ain't it. It stretched you, bro. Yeah, it's it's and it's like, to your point, it's like you gotta find areas in your life where you can expose yourself to more. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, for me at, at the beginning it was like events, mm -hmm. you know, events and entrepreneurship because you know sometimes I couldn't afford like the big stuff. Yeah. And I know you're big on. I see you a lot of times. I see you around events. Matter of fact, because yep. you still go to events and stuff now. How have events and like mentorship and stuff like that helped you with your exposure? Oh, bro. I mean, everything. I mean, just think about it. Me going to events, just being around E, mm -hmm. C, yeah. you know, I, I talk about exposure is a two-way street, right? CJ and E never invested in real estate. Mm -hmm. A day in their life other than the houses that they lived in. Yep. Once they got with me, just from that exposure, right, your level of exposure, because I'm high level in real estate, now CJ and E both have gotten hundreds of properties, right? Wow. On the flip side of that, I have never been on the stage a day in my life. Never mm -hmm. been a speaker a day in my life. Yeah. But because I've been exposed to the number one motivational speaker in the world, 
Eric Thomas. And because I've been exposed to the number one trainer of speakers in the world, CJ, CJ mm-hmm. I am now one of the top speakers of the world. That's a fact. Bruh, unconsciously. Yeah. It, exposure just rubs off on people, bruh. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, get out the room. Get into the room. Yeah. If you want to do something, there's somebody else that's doing it. Yeah. Bro, look at this, man. I'm going to just tell you this. I remember when you came by my house. And even though, so when I was telling you about me and Camille would walk those houses, mm-hmm. bro, real, real story. Friend of mine, um, he got drafted into the NFL. Mm-hmm. End up uh, playing with Baltimore Ravens. Yep. He ended up, man, buying this big old mansion. And at this point, I've never been really, I've been outside of Chicago, but I've never been into gated communities and things like that. Yeah. Bruh, we went, I remember driving on the road with my brother Tommy, mm-hmm. and we drove, we, you know, we drove, drove over to my boy's uh, house, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Bruh, we never flew back there. We just drive everywhere, drive, yep. you know. And when we finally got there, man, it was a gated community, man. And his first gated community I've ever been to. And he said he was going to put my name on the, on the list on already. The list, security guard. Yep. First time I've experiencing this. <clears throat> I remember still to this day, bro, that the security guard came out, and I remember he scratched my name off the list, opened up those gates. Mm-hmm. Bro, when he opened up those gates, dog, it was like opening up the gates of heaven. I remember driving through that, man, real slow, and I remember seeing all these mansions. First time I've ever seen mansions, like this, other than on TV. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing all these mansions and 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 and, and exotic cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember seeing all of this, bro. That image stayed in my head. I remember seeing how we went to restaurants, man. And and I remember, you know, how before that, I would never spend like $200 on a meal. Yeah. I couldn't have really afforded it. But I remember seeing him, bro, take females to places that he, females he just met. Yeah. I'm talking about like, just met him. And he just taking them to restaurants, bro, that I've never even taken <laughs> my wife to. Yeah. And I remember the feeling of that. Mm. I remember seeing how his family, man, used to be in that mansion and how they were all just looking at him and they were just smiling. Mm. And I remember seeing them, man, they would be playing cards, mm-hmm. dominoes, and they was just like, you know, living a good life. And I remember saying to myself, from that exposure, I remember saying to myself, I want that for my family, man. Yeah. You know, I don't want that weekend kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I want to I wanna have it where they can come to a place and 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 his nieces and nephews would be in his house and they'd be running around. And I said, man, they really living it up. Hmm. And I said, I want this same thing for my family. I want them to experience this. So from that exposure that I got from just being around, I ain't never asked my boy for nothing. Mm-hmm. I never asked him for money. Never asked him to show me nothing because I couldn't play in the NFL that time was over yeah. with. I just, that exposure he gave me, bro, was everything that I needed. And I think people don't really value the power of exposure, bro. People would rather be in front of you, Jay, and be like, hey, man, you got, you got, you got, man, like $10,000. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that just being in your presence, yeah. just sitting down, having a conversation with you, what that can do for them. Mm-hmm. Or just looking at this, mm-hmm. looking at what you got, not asking you for it, but just, just, just getting this, it's just touching it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes just to touch it, yeah, it yeah. stretches you now and says, it's possible. Yeah, but they could if he could do it, I could do yeah. it. And, I, you know, I also think that also comes down to your heart, too. Because there's some people, they could be like, they could go in that situation and be like, oh, man, this dude living up. <laughs> yeah, I see. You know, and I think that, you know, um, I was always taught it's like, it's not just the hard work that's important, but it's also yeah. your heart work. You know, mm, like there's some people like, like you have to check your heart in certain situations to yeah. say, okay, like, man, if I got in a situation and I started feeling 
jealous or envious or whatever, like there's something wrong with me because really what you said, what should happen is it should be proof that, man, if that person can do it, that means actually it's that much closer for me because now, man, I ain't going to lie. First thing, when I saw somebody that looked like me that lived the way I wanted to live, I yeah. said, okay, it's a done deal. Yep. Because when I was younger, I had, I didn't see anybody that looked like me. It was always people that looked like somebody else. Yeah. And it was, we was actually just talking about this yesterday. It was, um, you know, uh, me, you, CJ, Alex, Marcus, we was just talking about how, like, we're, we're living in the time now where we're living sometimes past our wildest dreams. Yeah, oh, for sure. And it's, and it's, it's, it's almost a world that we have to create in a sense because a lot of us don't know people that have lived on this level very long. I mean, you know, we're not too far removed from slavery. Yeah. You know, sure. and so it's like literally we're still having to learn and create that next like that next level for ourselves, for our family. And it comes with different education because, you know, for the first part of it is like, all right, I got to make the money. Yep. And then at a certain part, it's like, okay, making money is not very hard. Now yeah. when I get it, what do I do with it? What I do you with sit down it. with a sharing game on like tax strategies and yep. stuff with insurance. And it's yep. like there's a whole nother world that I feel like at a certain point, even as a people, we got to get past, like, all right, how, how do we make money? Yeah. So like, okay, how do we protect it? Exactly. How do we pass it on? Exactly. How do we set up the trust? And, and these things I'm even learning from you to this day. So like, yeah. how how... How, do, how does a person start to learn those different things as well? Yeah, I mean, number one, exposure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the exposure again, it takes you. Um, number two, man, you have to, you know, uh, for me, I sat back and I was just like, how can I keep, maintain what yeah. we've created? Mm -hmm. Right? How can we, how can I maintain it? Yeah. And when I thought about it, I looked at my children. I was like, okay, we are living in a great time right now. Yeah. Will they live in a great time? Hmm. Will these same things right now be open? Will they, will, will they be able to do exactly what I did? Will my son be able to make money in real estate? Mm -hmm. Will my daughters be able to get on a stage like me? Yeah. Is, will that still be available? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So we have to go ahead and set up different systems, mm -hmm. you know, to allow them to still be able to still maintain, you know, this life that we've created for them. And so I think, man, research, bruh. Yeah. You know, research. I ask questions. Yeah. You know, I go to my insurance agent. I, my insurance agent, I went to him, right? The thing I was telling you guys about, yeah. I went to him and I was just like, bro, what's the next level? Yeah. Like, what's next? Mm -hmm. This can't be it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. this can't be it. What's the next level for me? Mm -hmm. And then at that point, that's when he was like, um, it's something that high net worth individuals that only certain individuals can get. And then once he did everything, he was like, oh, you you are that in that category. <laughs> and at that point, you know, he got he was able to take care of Camilla and I. And we were able to now to use this for our family for generations to come. But I, like, it goes back to that vision, bro. I, I, I sat back. I mean, it's all around you if you think about it. I just listened to a story one time where it said that Benjamin Franklin, listen to this, bro. Benjamin Franklin left, what was it, like $2,000 into a trust. This was back in 17, like 78, 79, I'm not sure the exact year, but he left $2,000 in the trust. Mm -hmm. He said the beneficiary of this trust is um, Philadelphia and Boston. Mm -hmm. He said that they cannot touch this for 200 years. Do you know 200 years, bro, that, that $2,000 investment turned into $6 million? Wow. And it was used for an educational fund. That was able to send kids to school in Philadelphia and in Boston. Wow. So by reading that, some people will read that and say, oh, man, Benjamin Franklin was a good man. Oh, he was great. Man, this dude really, you know, mm -hmm. I don't read like that. Mm -hmm. When I read, I make it personal. Yeah. You got to start making things personal. Yeah. So when I read that, I said, huh, 
I pulled out my phone, right? My calculator. I said, what if I leave? Benjamin Franklin did $2,000 mm-hmm. for 200 years. I said, what if I leave $50,000 and put it in an index fund mm-hmm. for 100 years? Yeah. That grows at a historical rate of 8%. Yeah. What would that look like? Went called up. I called up my investment representative. He did the numbers. Boom, boom, boom. Charles Schwab. He was like, that's $109 million. Wow. So I said, you tell me if I take $50,000 and I put it into an index fund and I let it sit there for 100 years, which is four generations. Mm-hmm. Each generation is 25 years. So I let that sit there for four generations. You're telling me now that amount would be $109 million. He said, yeah. And I was like, I could put that in my trust. He said, correct. And I'm like, so now my trust to be valued at $109 million in 100 years. He said, correct. Mm. I went, took $50,000, did exactly what I said. Like, sometimes you just can open your eyes and just look around you. It's already yeah. there. There's nothing new under the sun. You just have to make it new for you. Yeah. And so just something like that. Now my family trust now, right? And, of course, it grows over time. Mm-hmm. So my family trust would be growing over time. And then at the same time, you still got access to it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you still got access to it. My children will have access if need be, yep. you know. But yet now, imagine the family members four generations from now. Imagine my family members sitting at a table, bro. See, this is where the vision come back at. Mm-hmm. Imagine my family members all sitting at the table 100 years from now. And imagine them, the attorney opening up the, 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 the paper and they, mm-hmm. they, or the envelope. Yeah, and it's it. just like your great-great-grandfather, Jamal King, the 9 to 5 millionaire, <laughs> who worked as a police officer. Mm-hmm. On the side, invested in real estate, who spoke with the number one motivational speaker in the world, Eric Thomas, mm-hmm. who traveled the world with the number one trainer <laughs> speakers yeah. in the world, Carlos Queenie. Yeah. Him and his wife, your great-great-grandmother, they thought about y'all a hundred years before you were born. Mm. And here it is. A hundred and nine million. But in that trust, I got where 10 million of that has to go back into an index fund. So imagine if you put $50,000 in an index fund for 100 years. Now, you, and if that's $109 million, but now if you take $10 million and put that in that same fund for the next 100 years, what that look like. And yes. so now you are ensuring that each level of your family for the next several generations are taken care of. And I'm not just giving you money, right? That money stays in the family trust. Yeah. And then now you can, the, the family trust, so if, um, let's say they go to Chase Bank to go get a home loan, and the Chase Bank says, all right, this loan, we're going to give it to you at 7% interest, the family bank will give it to you at 3.5% interest. Wow. And then now you're paying, as opposed to you paying money to somebody else's family bank, because Chase is a family bank, as opposed to you paying money to them, you're paying money back to your own family bank, which will leave money in there for your children and your children's children, and now the King family will live on. Mm, that's a different level. And so it's things like that. But you learn that from just opening your ears up, opening your eyes and reading and saying, okay, man, if this man do it, can do it, I can do it. Yeah. If this man did it with 2000 I could do it with 50000 Yeah. And then the 50000 came from just flipping a property. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you're just making profit on top of profit on top of profit. Yeah. I think, I think it takes courage, too, to, to, to start something that you won't see come to life. You won't see it come to life, but... And that's the crazy part about it. It's like, yes, you won't be there when a, when a vision is realized. Yeah. But you was there in the beginning. Yeah. No, that's powerful. 
You was there in the beginning, bro. You were the founding father. You was there in the beginning. You, 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 in the beginning, you was there. And so that vision that you plan your mind, remember I told you a lot of times the vision is more clearer to me in my head than what it is when it really real. I've been there thousands of times. I've seen it being played. I've seen my family members crying. I see them there. I see them just like, man, this man thought about us before we were even realized. Mm -hmm. I see them listening to podcasts that I'm on. Yeah. I see my future family. I see my grandkids Googling the run to play with Justin Owens and yeah. seeing me on here with you right now. Yeah. I see them hearing me talk about them right now on your podcast. Yeah. That's how serious the vision got to be, bro. Yeah, that's true. Imagine how that make them feel. How it make them just, yeah, you know, it's it. like somebody thought about me. Yeah. Somebody thought about me, man. Yeah. And so that's why I do every single podcast. I don't do it as though I'm talking externally. I do it as though I'm talking internally. Like I'm talking to my future family. I'm giving instructions to my son. I just ran a family play in my family trust mm -hmm. to my great-grandchildren just in case any attorney try to be slick. Yeah. They hear exactly who I'm saying it right now. Yeah. It's a record being said yeah. right now. And I think we got to get to that, man. We got to be visionaries. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah, that's strong. I love it. We we're gonna do some rapid fire. We're gonna do some rapid fire. All right. Uh, multiple streams of income yep. are important, right? But I think sometimes people try to start a little too early. Like they might hear you like, oh, you got this business, you got you got real estate, you got uh, the security company, yeah, daycare. At what point in your life did you know it was time for you to say, okay, this is a good time for us to diversify? Yeah. So I look at every single business like a baby. Okay. Every business like a baby. Yeah. I'm not leaving my baby with my newborn baby with anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving my baby and I'm not leaving my baby with anybody until my baby is able to talk and tell me what's wrong. Got it. And so with the business, I don't go into another business or start another business until this business is able to walk on his own, talk on his own, and let me know that everything is all right. Got it. Okay. I love that. Um, what about financially for you? Like you like was there a point where you like, all right, cool, we got some extra money, let's let's take it. Like at what point do you say, okay, we're not gonna put this into another real estate deal, we're gonna put this into another business? Mm. I think for us, it was always about what's the need of the business. Yeah. The same way I did with real estate. Mm -hmm. Have a purpose for every property you purchase. Yeah. Don't purchase properties unless you got a purpose for it. Because yeah. the purpose is what's going to allow you to see it through. Mm -hmm. With businesses, the same thing. We were investing in real estate because we wanted to create a certain amount of income. Yeah. We didn't start investing into the daycare center until I had my first daughter. And then we had our first daughter. We started looking for daycare centers for our daughter. And we couldn't find a daycare center that actually was good enough for my daughter. And then we saw how much daycare centers cost. Then we said we could do this on our own. Yeah. And then that's how we created the daycare centers. Yeah. And we've had them for over 17 years. And it hasn't been one year we haven't made at least a minimum of a million dollars. Wow. But it all came from fulfilling a need, fulfilling a purpose in our life. Yeah, I love that. Security company, same thing. Yeah. Um, relationships. And relationships to me are like, they're more important than money. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you've been able to do consistently in your life? Because you're amazing with relationships to be able to develop them, grow them, keep them, keep the right people in your life. Yeah. Um, CJ always say this. Like one thing about our relationship is, is that we don't need each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't need each other. Yeah. You know, I think that's where sometimes relationships messed up when one person needs another person. Yeah. When you're in a relationship with a person because you need them, then it's, 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 it's kind of like you're, you're not really with me because you want to be with me. Yeah. You're with me because you need me. Yeah. And so I think that with relationships wow. that I create with people, I don't make it where I need that person or that person needs me. Yeah. It needs to be a mutual. Yeah. It needs to be like, bro, we together because we want to be. Right. 
Even a relationship that I got with you is not a need. You don't need yeah. me. Yeah. I don't need you. Yeah. We, we we talk to each other because we have a mutual respect for each other. And we want to, we want to do it. Right. And it makes the, there's no stress on a relationship. But when there's a need, mm -hmm. then it's a stress. Yeah. Man, that's strong. I like it. Um, men in relationships, you, you lead your family amazingly. Um, any tips for a man that's like, you know, there's some people, they ain't got no control. No, they, they don't, you know, I don't know. Let me see. I can see. This. <laughs> I'm trying to understand. I'm like, what is, what is let me see. That? I'm about to say they own their house, but uh, any any tips for guys is like, okay, man, I do want to be a better leader of my family. Um, how have you been able to lead your family the right way? Yeah, stay disciplined in my pillars. Mm -hmm. um, that's for one thing. Uh, being led by God. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times men try to um, lead the family and they're not being led by God. Everybody got to be led by somebody. Yeah. And or something, and I believe that the order, you know, the family, you know, is God first, you know, and then I'm, you know, I'm being led by God, yeah. and then because I'm being led by God, I can lead my family, and my family will follow me. But a lot of men are looking for women or their children to follow them, and they're not being led by nobody. Yeah. And if you're not being led by God, then you blind. Yeah. So that, so I think that's what's important. It goes back to the foundation, bro. Yeah. If your foundation not right, man. How, what, what, what are we doing? Where's your structure? How good is your structure going to be? Yeah. And so I believe that's it. How do you manage, like, being there for your kids, your business, and then your wife? Like, have you been able to figure out something that works for you and your family? Yeah, I just, bro, it goes back to the, like, as far as with those pillars. Mm -hmm. Like, I make sure that I'm in everybody's time. I know, so in the morning time, I'm getting up before my wife gets up. My wife don't even get up early like me. Mm. So I'm getting up, I'm, 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 I'm doing that scripture, spending time with God. I'm going to the gym, working out at the gym. And then by the time I come home, it's time for the kids to go to school. I'm taking the kids to school. When I take them to school, my wife is still asleep. Mm -hmm. I take them to school and I'm talking to them while taking them to school. So I'm getting that time in with them. Yep. And then I come back home or I go to my properties mm -hmm. and then meeting with my contractors, things like that. Then by the time I come home, it's almost like 11 o'clock. And it's like talking to the wife, like, you want to go to lunch? You want to yeah. go spend some time? Nobody's in the house. We've got some quiet time. Yep. And then at that point, we might go lunch, pick up the kids from school, and then now we into their practices and things like that. So it's about balancing your time, and it goes back to that itinerary that I had. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, some people might say, oh, Jamal, I don't have time. No, you have time. You just not, you're not, you're not utilizing your time right. When I'm in the gym, I'm not talking to my kids on the phone. Yeah. See, I got to do better with that. I'm not, bro, the phone, that's, but that's why I work out early. Yeah. Because when I work out early, nobody's calling me. Nobody yeah. getting up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. That's and even so, I got to the point that I put my phone in the locker, and I'm just working out. So that way, I'm not even looking at my phone. I know my wife ain't about to call me at no 5 in the morning. I know she ain't called me at 6 in the morning. So I'm not even being bothered with none of that stuff. That's because true. I understand it's taking away from my health. In that same kind of way, now if I'm out to dinner with my wife, I'm still trying to put that phone up because now that's taken away from that. So I think the thing is to 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 find ways where it don't take away from something else. Yeah, that's big. I just learned something for me. You gotta, you gotta, but then when you put that time in, so an hour of a hundred percent going in with the person yeah. is better than three hours of I'm I'm 20 percent in because I'm on the phone I'm talking yeah you with me but I'm I'm handling all this other stuff hey yep yep we're gonna do this development yeah okay sweetie hold on mm. you just go in for that hour and no phone or nothing I'm just so that way you go in with your kids yeah. when the time with your kids you don't have to all day be like hey baby hey hey because you went in so hard 
Yeah. Put the basketball court in the house so I could sit up with my son. I put a batting cage there so I can go outside with him and throw some balls and hit some balls with him. But I'm spending that time with him, and then now the rest of the day I can go do everything else that I need to do. Yeah. So it's that. about, you know, like I said, when I learned this um, playing football, you know, when we was in study hall, we wasn't working out. When we was in working out, we wasn't in study hall. Yeah. When we was on the field practicing, we wasn't eating. And then when we eating, we wasn't practicing football. You got to learn how to utilize the time that you have allotted to, for, to, for whatever it is, you need to do whatever it is and go all in in that. Yeah. And I think that's what we don't do. We don't go all in in that thing, in that time that we got allotted for whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah, I love that. All right, she just told me I got three minutes, so I'm going to ask you this last question. Um, I always have this segment called Breakdown and Breakthroughs. I always believe in your life, like you'll have breakdowns. Yeah. But on the other side of that breakdown, if you get through it, there's a breakthrough that can help you get to the next level. Yep. Has there been a scenario in your life where you had a breakdown, but you found a way through it? And on the other side of it was a breakthrough, and what was that? Is there any, um, you know, tip that you give anybody that's going through a breakdown right now? Yeah, so a breakdown for me, man, when, was when I almost lost my life as a police officer. Hmm. You know, just going up to a kid, just going to talk to him, um, take him home for curfew, and kid, I chased him. You know, kid took off running, pushed me, took off running, jumped on the gate, and as I was pulling him down from the fence, he pulled out a gun and started shooting. Are you serious? No joke. I'm fighting over this gun with this kid. This is my second on the job. I'm fighting over the gun. Uh, with this kid. I never got shot. My partner came, um, pulled up in the car, and he saw bullets flying his way. He started shooting back. I fall to the ground. The kid falls on the other side of the fence, drops the gun. We get the gun. We never get the kid. But in the back, when um, when my sergeants came, everybody came on the scene. When they came on the scene, right, the kid got away, and we had the gun, but my partner bullets all went into an apartment building, which was across the street. And so the bullets that my partner was shooting went inside this bullet, so they didn't know if somebody was in this building shot because of what my partner did. And so at that point, bro, they had to go knock on every single door. But before they did that, they took me and my partner, separated us, put us in separate cars, took my gun, and had me sitting in the back of the car. They had me almost like I was a criminal. Wow. And I'm sitting in the back of this car, never been arrested. Mother cop, father cop, brother cop, and here it is now. I'm in a police uniform, and now I'm in the back of a squad car. When I was in the back of that squad car, bro, so many things went in my mind. So many, imagine that. Hmm. It took me to have a uniform on, to have a badge on, to not be in the back of a squad car because of something my partner possibly, possibly did by almost shooting somebody. Mm-hmm. When nobody got shot, thank God. Mm-hmm. But when I was in that car, I just remember thinking to myself, I got to do something different. I can't live my life like this. This is only the second month on this job. Mm. And here it is, I almost lost my life. So I had emotions going through me from almost losing my life from this kid shooting at me for no reason at all. Mm. And then here it is, now my partner shot, and then now he possibly killed somebody. So I'm over here thinking, like, possibly because I chased this kid, now somebody might be dead. Mm. And then I'm like, then the third emotion I had was that I might be losing my job because I'm still on probation. Wow. And so at that moment, I never felt, that was the first time in my life that I felt like I was just suffocated. I felt so many mixed emotions because I never, my life was never almost jeopardized. And I think at that very moment, I think I said, God, if I ever get out of here, I promise you I'll never put myself in this position again. I never put myself in a position where I got to depend on somebody else. I got to depend on something else. I never put myself in a position again where if this happened to me, I think I didn't even have life insurance at the time. And if this happens, so if you get shot in the line of duty, the police department, they could do the funeral, the 21-gun salute, and I think they might give your spouse like $20,000 check. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't have myself, my stuff in order. If something would happen to me this, that day, not only would I lost my life, but my wife would have lost her life also. Yeah. 
because I didn't have stuff together. So I think it was at that moment that I had a breakthrough, like I need to get my stuff together. And it was at that moment that I went in on real estate investing, I went in on life insurance, I went in on just building generational wealth because I saw at that very moment that we here today and gone today. Wow, bro, that's uh, that's that's powerful, man. That's um, that's big because it really helped you get your life together. Yes. You know, like you said, insurance. That's important for men. You got a family, like get some insurance. Get some insurance. It's you small, know, it's something. It bro. don't cost much. I mean, you it, it, it to me, it's like replace a habit. Yeah. Whether it's getting a drink a month, you know, some people, you know, indulge in so many things that you can find the money to get something. And it's I mean, better you, to get it when you're younger. It's yeah, cheaper. Yes. You know, most things are cheaper when you're younger. Yeah. It's less money to invest to meet your goals. It's it's everything. Health is easier to establish when you're younger than it is when you're older. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, that that's that's big, bro. Well, I appreciate you uh, you coming. I know you teach real estate. Yep. Um, can you tell people where they can find uh, your course, your program, Absolutely. your community? Absolutely. So man, makerealestatereal.com. Okay. Yep. Makerealestatereal.com. And in this community, bro, I've seen nine to fivers, people that work their job, right? I've seen them become millionaires. I've wow. seen them now replace their income on their job with the rental income that they get from their properties. And so, bro, this course has been life-changing, wow. you know, for individuals. And I tell people, like, stop looking at, you know, people ask me, what's the best way to create wealth? I tell mm -hmm. them, one property at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, just one property at a time. Yeah. I've seen people, man that might have had a net worth of $24,000, yeah. right? Now all of a sudden have a net worth of $400,000 just from purchasing two properties. Wow. And so here we break down step by step exactly the blueprint that I did for my life. I created that vision yeah. and I bought a building for every bill that I have. Mm -hmm. You know, I bought a property for every purpose. I got all of that in the course and it breaks it down and it allows you to create your blueprint. How can you become a nine to five millionaire, create wealth from real estate and still keep your nine to five? Wow. If you that. choose to. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you know what I love it is you're a person that did it having a job. Having a job. And most people in the world have jobs. So yeah. it's like, listen, you've got a blueprint from somebody that's actually done it living life the way that you are. So it's not like they, they had access to more resources than you, making more money than you. Obviously, heard and you can start out making $38,000 a year. Thirty six. Thirty $36,000, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, that's that's a big deal. So I, I appreciate you one for creating that because a lot of times people, they get information, they keep it to themselves. Yeah. Um, but you've been able to put together a community where people are really getting to it yeah, and, uh, you know, really changing their lives. So that's big. You know, anytime we have people on the show, man, it's always like to leave people with something. Uh, so, Philly, I know we got a, a, a like a, a box in there. And, um, oh, bro, you've yeah. given me too much already. Yeah, you know, man. <laughs> you're giving <laughs> too much, bro. I can't take no more. <laughs> you feel like, you like, do the gifts thing. Bro, you, you know having me feel like, a, like, bro, like we dating, man. You got me over here just. Um, and listen, uh, you get a box from Justin Owens and it come to your house, you just be excited when you open the box up. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is, this nice. Is the brand, All right, man. Well, we I know. The, I will get this one. Yeah, yeah. So, this is for the brand. Oh, wow. The uh, you know, I know you Can I work open it? out. Yeah, you open it. Yeah, I know you work out. We put some stuff in. I I put a book in there too that I really like uh, for this year. Speed of trust. <laughs> you know um, I live in Chicago. Yeah, yeah you gotta give the you know. Oh, cool. You got tank top, yes. jacket, nice. Um, a couple other things. Speed of trust. Yeah. So wow, really big. I like you know, that. Yeah. Uh, I I just believe, Ooh. man. You know, business relationships built on trust is really. Shout good. out to the. Yeah, to the I mean, circle of CEOs. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, sure. CEO. You know, yeah. You no, know? We, we're doing it, man. We're doing it. And, you know, nice. I just wanted to. Nice. Love I always like to bless people with something because anytime somebody comes, they take time out of their life, family, to, uh, to be here with us. Nice, man. And, uh, you know, pour into, pour into the people and pour into uh, me, man. I learned a lot today, but really, I'm over here. There's some things I'm about to change. 
yeah. uh, in my life just from this conversation. So I appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. And, That's uh, the hope for everybody out there, man. It's like, while you changing today, yeah, you can also change tomorrow. Yeah. You can change the future. Yeah. You don't have to do one or the other. Yeah. And I think, you know, like that's what the Make Real Estate Real course is about. It teaches and it has you working towards today and it has you working towards your life tomorrow. I live, the person I am today, I live in a 20,000 square foot house, not because of what I'm doing today, but it's because of what I did years ago. Yeah. I hit that vision when I was in my 20s. Wow. You know of it. And I just want people, man, to really understand, like, you just got to believe that it's possible. Stop looking at us on the stage and stop looking at us on the TV screen, you know, and just saying, man, Justin is, 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 is fabulous. Justin is, yeah, he is, he is awesome, but you are awesome too. Yeah. Like, you wasn't always who you were. I wasn't always who I was. And I'm telling you, you're not going to always be who you are. Like, you can do it, but it comes from that belief level. I think my stronghold, one of my secret superpowers is just that my belief level is sickening. Yeah. Like, when I really say something, I really believe yeah. that it's possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't never take myself, I, I never take myself or separate myself from it. I'm always like, I can do it. If this person did it, I can do it also. Yeah. And I need people out there to start believing that same thing. Like, man, the life you want to live is possible. And it's waiting on you. You just got to believe that it's possible. And then take that belief, reverse engineer it, and then follow the steps outlined before you to get that. Yeah, I love it. Well, appreciate you coming on. Your Instagram is 9 to 5 Oh, yeah, 9 to 5. 9 to 5 millionaire. You know, yep, give me a follow. We talk about real estate and how to transition from your 9 to 5 to your millions. There we go. Well, I appreciate you for coming cool, on. Cool, bro. bro. Love, Absolutely. man. Much love, man. Yep. Much love. Yep. So listen, guys, y'all know what we do on the show, man. We give you access to the top plays from top entrepreneurs from their actual playbook. And I just got a lot of gems, so I know you did for my guy. Jamal King, appreciate you coming in again. Y'all just got to play. Go run it. Let's go. What's going on? Listen, make sure you guys go to runtheplaystore.com. Get your official Run to Play gear. We talk about shirts, socks, jackets for everybody that's run to play all across the world. Are you ready? We're going to run the yeah. play. Let's Do you go. know what it's like to come for nothing at all? But every day you just wanting it all. Do you know what it's like? Every day. Fear, but believing that your blessing is near